0: Welcome to another episode of Accessibility Insights. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson. I'm Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. In this series, I will be interrogating heroes of digital inclusion from across sectors and around the world. You can download a transcript of the podcast from www.abilitynet.org.uk forward slash accessibility dash insights. So sit back, grab your favourite beverage and let's get started. This is amazing. We've got two guests this month. It's never happened before. We've got David Padmore, who's Director of Accessibility at ITV, and colleague Matt Simpson, who is Head of Technology for Accessibility also at ITV um so we are doubly blessed having these guys on and it's very timely as well because we're going to talk about ITVX which is a really exciting development in recent days really certain you know a couple of weeks maybe um so yes welcome guys how you doing
1: yeah very good thank you nice, nice to meet here better,
0: thanks great so always a cheesy question to start with just to kind of break the ice what Hot or cold beverage have you got to get through this ordeal? I've got a bucket of tea. Now there's two <laughs> cups that are identical feeling for me, and one's about coffee and one's about tea. So it's fifty fifty that I've got the right one. But um, what have you guys got? Uh,
1: well, I'm 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 speaking to you from from ITV up in Leeds. So um, at this time of day, it has to be Yorkshire tea, I suppose. Um, That's what I've got in here, actually. <laughs> may, may, maybe later. we we we're, we're just along the road from the very. Very fantastic Kirkstall Brewery. So maybe later on it might be something different. But but yeah, Yorkshire tea for now. don't know about Matt.
2: Um, I'm speaking from my home office in France. Sadly, it's not a glass of uh, wine. It's a a glass of French uh, tap water. So uh, (laughs) that'll just have to do.
0: (laughs) That's very abstinent uh, for someone who's uh, coming from that lovely country. Okay. So um, first question then, let's talk about the changes in TV. And particularly, you know, digital media delivery, you know, it's a completely different landscape. So do you want to talk about accessibility in terms, particularly of digital? Um, Let's expand it. I would normally say over the last sort of decade or so, but let's go back 20 years, just because that kind of encapsulates this, you know, time frame of the revolution that has been TV. Who'd like to kick off?
1: Yeah, well maybe I'll I'll go first and I'll I'll kind of answer it from a from a sort of program perspective because I I've, I've been working in sort of TV accessibility for nearly 30 years now. So so certainly in the in the first 10 years the big change we saw was the sort of explosion of of digital TV and you know the advent of channels like the BBC News channel and 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 the kind of solutions that were found at that time for 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 making subtitles for that volume of content that was that was the kind of key challenge in the nineties, um, and I think we proved that you know one hundred percent subtitling is is absolutely possible in in that time. Um, since then, of course, we, we've added audio description and, and sign language translation, so those have become a real staple feature of the TV environment audio description has only recently celebrated its 20th anniversary on our tv screen so it seems amazing to think of a time before that existed now Um, but but it was the case and then kind of the, the the sort of most recent challenges are you know we've seen tv shift from a from a very linear schedule where every week we would get a a kind of 10 days out preview of what was going to be on telly kind of you know in in 10 days time for a week and we were able to kind of work in that workflow so we we were creating subtitles and audio description and sign language translation on that sort of broadcast linear workflow now that that's changed now so the the first thing that happened obviously is that you know with the advent of places like Netflix you know TV channels started to release box sets you know so the first episode might go out on a linear time frame but but at that point all episodes of that of that box set would be released at the same time so we suddenly had to move to a kind of different workflow where you need to ensure that the subtitles and the audio description any sign language translation is ready for the publication date rather than this linear schedule mm-hmm. that's moved on again now to the point where with something like itvx you know we can be told oh by the way in two weeks time we're going to we're going to drop 272 episodes of Two and a Half Men on the platform, you know, and it's and it's and it's kind of this this change in time frame for publication and and sharing of content has created a lot of challenges for making sure that that accessibility is kind of preserved. Through, mm-hmm. um, but but Matt Matt will have a view more on the on, <laughs> on the, the on
2: okay. the technology and yeah, and the user interface side. Um, yeah, I, th- I think one of the biggest challenges is ensuring that the there's a homogenous experience between what you see on linear TV and what you, you experience on various devices. Um, a lot of thought, particularly in the UK, was put into the transition from analog TV to digital TV back at the end of the 90s um, into the early 2000s. And that that kind of really did focus on the look and feel of services like subtitling and well, it introduced audio description it made it it made it possible um, the same kind of processes haven't really happened with um digital uh, sort of online services so it's it's taken quite a lot of effort on our part to try and make sure that what what appears to happen in in the applications and and the website equivalents um all looks the same. That's not a given. If, if we get subtitling working, there's no guarantee it will behave in the same way that the features that we're looking for, things like a text alignment, um, color to indicate speaker change, all those things, they're, they're not guaranteed. And we have to do a lot of testing um, to make sure they're going to work, and even now we're still um, this morning uh, fault reported we're, we're failing to see line breaks in the right places um, so things things like that can just have unintended consequences and make it make it a considerable challenge to to get the thing uh, looking how people expect.
0: Yeah, I mean you've got so many different platforms to take into account and to test for. And the feedback must be you know exponentially uh more challenging, particularly when you're on this more agile time frame that David was talking about so um let's talk about digital then because you know there are all these different platforms people are watching it live on demand um We had Heather of Netflix on a couple of months ago, and she kind of gave her insights into the sort of unique and specific challenges of of digital streaming so you guys are obviously massive players in this game. What's uh, your take on the kind of unique challenges around that area? We've touched on, on some, but have you got any other kind of insights about digital?
2: Well, if you, if you think about kind of our intention to kind of make it make the experience as similar to to linear broadcast as possible, um, and you, th- there is massive diversity in in the, in the mechanisms people can use to to consume the content to to watch and to listen. Um, we we then have to go through a number, a considerable number of parallel projects to try and make sure that the subtitle files, the AD files that we create back at the start of the process, and there's, there's one file for each, um, look and feel the way they should when they reach the when they reach the viewer and the listener, uh, and that's really 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 difficult, and that's that's not an excuse. Um, but it, it's kind of a frustration of mine. Anybody who's listened to me speak publicly on this before will know it's a pet frustration of mine that we can make um, a subtitle file for online. We can we can publish it on the platform. And that process, that project may take us some months to go through testing, deployment, et cetera. And then we have to repeat it for umpteen parallel platforms that work almost but not quite the same way. Um, that all takes time and effort and, to a certain degree, money. But to be honest, it's more the time and the effort that's the problem. What I would love us to be able to do is to be able to create these assets the once and publish them the once, like we do with digital linear tv and then all of these platforms would be equally accessible it's really really hard um we have an email address accessibilityitv.com um, which anybody who uses the service is welcome to, to message us on and we, we get all kinds of feedback through that and it's really hard to explain to people that we haven't deliberately left their platform out it's just for a start We have to run this project in parallel multiple times. Secondly, we have to try and get multiple different vendors and parts of that solution to play together nicely so that what you see or or hear at at the end is seemingly identical to what you get on linear TV. It's really, really annoying.
1: And uh, I mean, for anybody anybody on the on the webinar, you know, ITVX has not yet launched for, for some of these reasons onto Sky Q devices or onto BT TV, so mm. the devices and some Freeview devices because there are still some technical challenges being overcome, which are different to, to other platforms. So the rollout is a very uh, kind of extended process. Um, the, the people in ITVX have been talking about a launch year. Um, so I think, you know, it won't, it won't take a year to get ITVX on those devices, but, but there's, there's, there's some significant technical challenges still to overcome. I think, I think the other thing is around, is around content. I think one of the challenges for the industry is to, is to make sure that increasingly assets like subtitle files, AD files, sign language translations are persisted with content because people don't necessarily as a customer, see the difference between, you know, an ITV platform and an Amazon platform and a Netflix platform and a BBC platform, you know, they're seeing the same content move around between all of these different platforms. And yet on some platforms, they've got accessibility. On other platforms, they don't. And and we're not sophisticated enough in the industry to make sure that that those access services files are seen as integral um, uh components within a program asset they need to be shared more efficiently the duplication in the industry needs to be reduced um so that's another that's another big challenge we we have with with you know the way things are today
2: and pro- providing accessibility for live services is still um for, for ip for internet delivered services really quite a new thing in in the uk it's the the, the solutions that we're reliant on are really aren't as mature as they should be, which, which is really very frustrating.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not mature, is it? It's not um, joined up, but do you, would you, for example, if you got some content from another provider and it didn't come with those files, would you push back on that? Would you try and get those so you can avoid the wheel reinvention?
1: No, you do. But It's often the time pressure just says you need to get on with it and, and, and and recreate them. So, um, we want to publish all content with subtitle files available. You know, we don't want to be waiting for the distributor if they haven't supplied. So, so yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit chicken and egg, but, but that's a, that's a shift. I think we will see over the next few years that, that, that these access, the accessibility components, alt tags, caption files, AD files, all of those things, will be seen as kind of integral bits of metadata within an overall program asset, but but not yet.
0: And there's got to be a place for regulation here that means that you can justifiably push back or expect that things will happen first time. So what are the sort of regulations or legal obligations that a streaming provider like yourselves face? And, you know, is that the way to make the biggest impact through regulation, would you say?
1: Well, I mean, we've, we've been very used over the years to, to regulation on linear services. So, so, you know, ITV along with all other broadcasters in the UK, you know, uh, has Ofcom regulations around the amount of subtitling, audio description, sign language translation that needs to be there. That, that, that's been very effective. Um, that, that has not yet been replicated onto on-demand services. So there are recommendations that have gone from Ofcom to the, to the Department of Culture, Media and Sport that they're in an in-trade there at the moment. So we're waiting for that to kind of be turned into, uh, into regulation. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, kind of when it comes to streaming services, I would say, um, you know, regulation is, is no longer really the primary driver for, for what we're doing. Um, you know, ITV talks the talk when it comes to sort of, you know, ITV is for everyone. You know, it has a very strong diversity and inclusion message, I think, that goes out publicly. And I think it recognizes that it therefore needs to walk the walk on things like digital accessibility. So it's, so we're not waiting for regulation to kind of compel us to, to, to do things. It's the right thing for the business in a commercial sense it's the right thing for the for the employees within the organization if we want to attract the right people to to work in the organization it's the right thing for their their motivation and morale um but it's you know it's it's clearly the right thing for for the for the customer as well so so it's happening anyway regulation can help us kind of strengthen our message when we're trying to bring the organization along but but frankly, I think we're winning that battle, and I think it's it, you know it's increasingly, you know we, we 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 know about the regulation, we value it, we value the relationship with Ofcom, and we and we take the compliance with the regulation very seriously, but it's not the primary driver for what we're doing anymore.
2: And I think the the technical side of regulation, we can certainly see in the US with the FCC, where they've made the carriage of things like captions um, required if they already exist in the signal. That's that's simplified. Some of the nudges they've given towards the the technology and service providers has simplified the carriage of that data. And we really could use that in in Europe and particularly for us in the UK. Um, That would make our job in rolling out those services, as I said earlier, much simpler. We'd run one project, the data would be there, and it would be a shared responsibility for all the partners to make that available to, to the end user.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we saw a massive uptake in accessibility when it came to the public sector uh, regulations that came in a few years ago. And, you know, there's no doubt at all that however much people want to do something, I mean, you guys said it was more about time than resourcing, which is, you know, at least you haven't got both of those challenges. But until you can clone your team, then time is going to be an issue. But yeah, so to be able to really prioritize inclusion and um, the acknowledgement that people, uh, using those, uh, additional accessibility features for a whole raft of reasons. I mean, YouTube said, uh, a couple of years ago that 60 plus percent of their videos that are streamed have the subtitles turned on. And that's obviously not all just people with a hearing impairment. It's, you know, news channels to a, you know, station, uh, concourse or, um, pub or wherever it might be where you've got the sound off or nobody can hear it, you know, or it's students sneakily watching youtube videos in the lecture theater where they can't have the sound on etc so there's lots of reasons maybe that second use case isn't quite so honorable but yeah absolutely it's you know there's generally general recognition that there's a much broader audience for these as well yeah so, yeah carrots and sticks
1: we my, my favorite one was people uh, uh feedback telling us that they needed the subtitles because they like to eat crisps while they were watching um television so uh so yeah, yeah i think i think i think we we know from research now that you know netflix have said that 80 percent of their users have put subtitles on within the last month and 40 percent of their users have them switched on permanently we see we see similar stats from bbc iplayer you know we we know that they're just an expected feature of yeah. <clears throat> of a platform like ours now um and we're definitely seeing you know increased take up of of audio description as well um you know we get a lot of feedback now about audio description um and <clears throat> yeah so so all of these features i think i think there's a recognition certainly within ITV and i know other organizations that you know accessibility features you know genuinely do benefit everyone you know you and you can't you can't anticipate really the the you know the the, the use case yeah.
0: um you just know that you're going to find new interesting ones all the time yeah people for whom english isn't their first language that would reinforce the dialogue or yeah. a lot of people mumble these days <laughs> <laughs> in you know their dialogue um so let's talk about ITVX then we've talked about it before people might not be familiar with it it's new it's still rolling out do you want to say exactly what it is this new streaming yeah. service and what people can expect when it comes to accessibility or inclusion you know what um new or um prioritized features are part and parcel of itvx Who'd
1: like yeah to... sure yeah well i'll i'll start and then and then i can sort of pick up bits that i miss. but yeah so fundamentally itvx is um is uh is part of, it's part is a replacement for itv hub um that has been kind of itv's catch-up service for the last i don't know eight ten years Um, ITVX is, is much bigger than just a catch up service. So where, where ITV hub had about 1500 to 2000 hours of content on the platform, ITVX has launched with over 15,000 hours of content on the platform. So that's been a huge challenge for, for us over the last 12 months. Um, so it's a, it's a free advertising funded streaming service. Um, it comprises lots of kind of, you know, archive, Catch up and on demand catch up content. Also, access to live channels through the platform, so you can watch all of ITV's main channels, and also what uh, twenty what we call fast channels, so free ad supported television channels. Um, so there are twenty of them. Themed channels. There's one around Christmas at the moment. There's a there's a Vera channel if you just want to watch twenty four seven episodes of Vera, um, and within those fast channels we, we've added this ITV signed channel so um, it's a it's a 24-7 channel showcasing kind of highlights from our um, our signed archive um, uh, including things like the the weekly Coronation Street and Emmerdale omnibuses um, you know a series of broad church, you know and we'll be refreshing that over time um making sure that 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 channel that sign channel becomes an ever ever sort of richer feature so yeah a free advertising funded streaming service you can subscribe if you want to uh watch things ad free and get access as well to what was Britbox UK which has also been incorporated so the content from Britbox UK is on on the platform as well so um from an accessibility point of view uh what will you find you'll find something which is better than ITV hub um uh it is also a work in progress so we're we're by no means sort of (laughs) um we're by no means at the end of the road here we we have we have now got subtitles working on every platform and device for for on-demand and catch-up which is a huge step forward from Um, itv hub we've got audio description now available on a range of connected tv devices so you can watch the audio description on apple tv amazon fire chromecast samsung televisions Um, and as i said before we've also got this sort of signed fast channel but also you know i i say it's a work in progress because we're we're very conscious that there are still some gaps gaps in you know, the availability of features, but also in the overall user experience. Um, The good thing about ITVX, and Matt can maybe expand on this a bit more, is that we really feel confident that the basic building blocks are in place to make it a really accessible streaming platform uh, uh, over a, a bit of time. We've been working very closely with, you know, a range of teams from the sort of marketing, creative branding side, through to the kind of you know the coders who are you know building the code base of the platform to to make sure that that is the case so, so Matt,
0: yeah
2: abs- absolutely we i mean we were lucky as a team an accessibility team we, we pretty much kicked off about 3 years ago and by the time this project started, more or less at the beginning of the year, we had we, we were sufficiently familiar with all of the, the internal folks um, we needed to talk to that we were there right at the beginning. So we had input into the creation of the brand um, that there was focus on on at the very start of it, shifting left, choosing a color palette that's going to work. Um, through, uh, font iterations, we, we went through multiple iterations of the font to make sure that all the characters are legible. Um, we, we worked with the, design team on uh, creating the design system. So there is a fully documented, in a platform called Figma, um, design system that that tells all of the the, uh, developers and testers how everything should work. Our challenge now, what, what you see as ITVX is based on what we built as ITV Hub over many years, is how to make sure that all of that good stuff is translated onto the page and onto the screen so that um, the user experience matches up with how we expect it to behave. As David said, it's not quite there in in places. Um, Some pages are considerably better than others. It was interesting once we'd launched to read people's Twitter feedback because uh, I I, I was sorely tempted to put the the Jira ticket numbers, um, that's the the, the bug tracking ticket numbers on people's tweets where they're saying, oh, I found it doesn't do this. I found it doesn't do that while they were auditing it. And it's like, it's good to see that people are finding the same stuff as us and largely not finding new things. Um, but as as David said, it's it's very much a work in progress. This isn't the finished launch product. Um, it's got a lot of iterations, I think, before we get it to the place we really would like it to be, but probably considerably fewer iterations to get it to somewhere where it gives a, a really good, comfortable experience.
0: Fantastic. I mean, so I think we mentioned an email address earlier, accessibility at. I mean, where would people go? um for fear of giving you lots of um feedback that is have it's already
2: all been it's a no,
1: good. Yeah so uh, accessibility at itv.com so uh, you know the email address you would expect uh yeah we we're we're very keen to get um feedback into that um i think we're also you know keen to to stress you know it will be responded to we 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 know it's a work in progress we're looking at this um as Matt says in in, in great detail um but there is a great ambition where, you know one thing we have achieved i think within itv is you know the 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 senior management team you know up to the chief exec are, are very bought into the idea of the the need for itvx to be the most accessible platform it can be so that that senior management team kind of buy-in is absolutely there mm-hmm. um so you know and and yeah, the, the commitment over the long term to to plug the gaps that, that still exist is is very much there. So so that's why feedback is very useful to us because it kind of it guides us. You know, we 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 know a lot of the things that we want to do, but we're also very receptive to 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 how this is received and what people themselves think are the priorities.
0: Fantastic. Cannot stress the importance of senior buy in and support um strongly enough. Yeah, so, but-
1: well, one thing, I'm just on that. I mean, I was thinking about that and we've got, we have got fantastic buying. The other thing I've learned through this project, I think, is that you absolutely need to get to the product managers and the program managers as well, because yes. we, kind of without them, it's such a big project and it's so kind of vast, you know, you have to have the the, the individual product managers and the program managers really bought into the idea because they're the ones directing the work day to day. Uh, the detailed work. So, um, so yeah, absolutely senior management buy-in, but also get at the product managers and the the program managers.
0: Cool. And that's kind of half answered Natalie's question that we'll get to in a second. Um, but we're rapidly running out of time. I think because we've got two guests, it's okay for us to go a little bit over, but, um, briefly, if, if possible, let's just talk about the future now, because ITBX is such an exciting development and evolution. Um, what does the future hold is it is it more of the same goodness is are there any other step changes to expect Or so, you know with the next big thing or is um all of your energy is going to be focused on really delivering for ITVX? you know in the coming months so what let's talk about the future has anyone got anything that they can share in that area
1: yeah i mean uh, so i would say that absolutely uh you know a lot of our energy is going to be focused on 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 refining what, what we have already put out there. However, I think there is also, in one of the focuses for 2023 that we've already kind of agreed within ITV is to start looking at production. Um, so the, the idea of accessibility in production and shifting left in, within the production environment is quite an interesting one that we haven't really thought about very much. How do you build, ac- accessibility into the production of a tv program you know right from the start as you do with all other aspects of accessibility how do you do that in in program making in in the way things are scripted we're, we're making good progress within ITV on kind of representation on screen. screen um, we've got to do better in terms of you know the diversity and inclusion behind the screen but we've also got to think laterally about yeah, accessibility in TV production. How do you make the people who are making the programmes think about accessibility from the start, and there, and, and therefore solve some of the problems that exist further downstream, where we're trying to make sure that there's great accessibility to TV, at, at, you know, in in the last mile. I'm thinking particularly for a large proportion of programmes which are not currently audio described, because as we know, the audio description percentages are much lower than than they are for subtitling but in 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 many TV programs that aren't audio described it would not take very much from in in terms of awareness at the TV production phase to to greatly increase the level of accessibility kind of inherent in the TV program so that's 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 one of the focuses that we've kind of agreed and and being within the broadcaster is a great great position to be because you can actually engage directly with the program makers
2: and and something like a tv studio is a, can be a really frustrating place from an accessibility point of view they are they are designed for large cumbersome bits of camera equipment to move around inside them but they're not very good if if you need to get say a wheelchair in i i don't think it's right and proper that somebody who uses a wheelchair needs to come through the scenery entrance um mm. i think they should be able to come in through the door like a, 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 as as with everybody but it it's it's a challenge it's a challenge and it's something that we we will probably have to spend a lot of time and repetition to, to, to get right.
0: My um, number one request would be going back to that mumbling thing again. So, yeah, if you have um, the ear of the people that are um, casting and uh, doing the production, then yes, please, because I can't access the yeah. subtitles to reinforce what people Click. are saying. It would just talk over the top anyway, even if I could, which I can on certain platforms. But, and I don't get the lips reinforcing what people are saying. So oh, it's yeah. a struggle.
2: Mm. Clear, clear, clear speech is going to be an interesting um, topic in the future. Um, there are things like Dialog Plus currently in use, Germany, etc. I think being being useful, interesting to see it grow in the UK. I, I share your, 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 your woes there. Um, my, my hearing is gradually fading and, and I'm going to need to, to have some assistance there.
0: Yeah, more um, ability to mix levels uh post you know say up the vocals or maybe use some clever ai to you know enhance those um be able to change the the level of the ad versus the the background etc um fantastic we're horribly over time i don't care so (laughs) let's quickly talk about um last month's guest natalie of uh, spotify absolutely brilliant guest and she um touched upon in her question what we were talking about earlier which is that you're such a massive organization you've got such a big reach you're working with so many different types of content and media so many different teams so many different external organizations so how can you kind of manage all of that in your interactions and still try to maximize accessibility and inclusion across all of those different activities who wants to kick off if you can
2: Cool. Oh, it's, a re- it's a really good question. Um, I think I spend a lot of my day on Slack, uh, which if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's a tool for a messenger tool for communicating with developers, etc. Um, but to be honest, I think the best thing I can say is start the conversations early. Make, make sure you know who, who in an organization such as ours, who is responsible for something. We still have conversations. There was one earlier today um, uh, where we we're wondering who exactly should we need to speak to to get something changed. That, that's, that's a kind of key. Just, just knowing where the levers are so you can pull on them, building those relationships internally so you, you can, you can call on somebody to say, hey, this, this isn't quite right. How do we, how do we change it? Um, but clarity of communication, um, also clarity of purpose. One of the things we set out at the very beginning was, was our uh, accessibility sort of standards policy. What do we want to achieve? if if somebody queries us how, where do we point them to to answer some basic questions or what what how we think things should be and that's certainly been been my approach
1: yeah and you you've got to multiply your 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 impacts you know so we've been building champions network within ITV you know we we the measure of success for us is seeing things happening progressing without Without us, because it's only you know, there's only there's four of us in the accessibility team, which is great, but it's only four. So seeing things happen without our direct involvement is the measure of success,
0: really. That's what we need yeah. to we need to get to. I like it. Successful delegation. I'm all for that. Um, or oh, empowerment. Maybe maybe that's the best way to say it. Uh, so now we're actually at the end of the sort of run of accessibility insights for this season. And we don't actually have a person confirmed for next season, which will be coming early next year. So I'm really sorry, but I'm still going to ask you to give us a a kind of a generic general question for an imaginary um, person, probably not too dissimilar from yourselves, um, in a similar field, obviously, accessibility and digital inclusion. So this is a tough one. But yes, have you got a general question that we can put to the mystery guest for next time?
1: Well... I'm I'm kind of interested in kind of you know creating pressure and creating levers in within an organization how, how do you kind of persuade people what are the tactics you use so so my question would be what what have been your most successful tactics or strategies for building that pressure for for cultural change within your organization I love it
0: a horse head in the bed maybe Um,
2: (laughs) a little extreme
0: (laughs) (laughs) great are you happy with that question as well Matt you yes I think
2: that's 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 uh, absolutely something we've we've had to learn how to do so yeah it's
0: fantastic thank you both absolutely brilliant conversation Thanks for listening to this episode of Accessibility Insights. If you'd like more information about how AbilityNet can help you make your websites, apps and other digital services accessible, inclusive and compliant with current legislation, then please head over to www.abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility services. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions on accessibility in future episodes.